Hello, and welcome to Bookstore Explore, the show where we go behind the shelves with indie booksellers to find out what makes independent bookshops such magical places. I'm author Matt Browning, and my guests today are Lori Kelly and Ellen Woodall, the owner and manager, respectively, of Blacksburg Books in Blacksburg, Virginia. The shop opened in 2021, filling a much-needed void for Blacksburg, the college town home to Virginia Tech, hadn't had an indie bookshop in years. Lori and Ellen discuss opening the shop during the pandemic and some of the cool events they've hosted. My favorite's the bridal shower in the bookshop. They also have a cool way of recommending books to customers that you may want to try out yourself. So come along as we go bookstore exploring. Well, welcome to Bookstore Explore episode, let's see, I think we're on number 23 now. It's good to have you all here. So my first, and we were talking before I hit record that I've been to the shop, but for our listeners who have not, can you can you describe sort of the layout of Blacksburg Books for us and sort of walk us through the space? Sure. It's, um, we are right on Main Street in Blacksburg, and we have big plate glass windows that look out onto the street so people can see us walking by driving by and there's a lot of nice light in the store when we first took it over it used to be a clothing store and it was just glaringly cold white so the first thing we did was repaint the walls they're really nice terracotta color and we knocked out the dressing rooms to form a children's area that's also a really warm color And uh, our husbands actually built the bookshelves, which are these tall, wooden, beautiful bookshelves that are on wheels, so we can slide them out of the way when we have events. And I I like to think it's a pretty nice space. It's very warm and inviting. That's that's kind of a cool feature, the shelves on wheels. Um, We're pretty proud of that. I haven't seen that in too many spaces and I've been in a lot of bookshops at this point, but I imagine it really opens up the space. Like you said, when you have events, it does, it makes a huge space for events. We knew the space isn't that large. Lori, how many square feet are we? It's about 1200 square feet. Right. And we knew we wanted to do all kinds of things, Mm -hmm. Um, particularly, you know, because we wanted to be sort of a community hub We wanted to be able to host local authors and events. So that was the way that we figured we could work with such a small space. Now, it hasn't been open terribly long, right? When did you first open your doors? We opened in August 2021. So just not even a year and a half. I remember when I first heard of you, a friend of mine lives uh, in Virginia, and she she was the one telling me about you all because she knew I was doing I was doing the bookstore explorer thing as a blog at that point. Um, mm-hmm. So I did eventually come and see you uh, early earlier on this year, and um, it was a beautiful space. And I I want to come back. I was there under not the greatest circumstances <laughs> with a yeah. sick cat at the vet, but but uh, I made time to see the shop, and it was a great space. So what inspired you, um, Lori, to open up a bookshop? Well, I was a lit major in college uh, many, many years ago and uh, collected lots of books. I grew up around books and I probably caught the bug um, 
I, I would say sometime in the nineties, I decided I wanted to open a used bookstore and then, um, you know, I went to work and life happened, but every time my husband and I moved, we moved our boxes of books with us and our movers hated us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and then uh, along came Amazon and, um, and the Kindle and lots of other ways of getting books and bookstores started going out of business and, and everything just looked different. And so I actually started giving away my books and, um, because I thought they don't belong in boxes. They belong in people's homes and people's hands and they need to be read. So if I'm not going to read them, I want other people to read them. And then, um, after we moved to Blacksburg, I befriended an elderly neighbor, um, who just lived across the street. And when she passed away in the fall of 2020, her son gave me all of her books. She was a reader and an educator and she had a house full of books. And so I put them in storage thinking, who knows, bookstores are coming back. Maybe someday this can actually happen. And things came together and it happened. And so I was able to put some of my books into the bookstore and her books into the bookstore. And as word got out that that this was a real possibility, the community um, started donating books. And so for almost a year before we opened, I was driving around Blacksburg to people's houses. It was during COVID. And so I didn't even meet most of these people. They would put boxes of books in their driveway um, or on their front steps. And sometimes we'd wave through the front door. Um, but many people donated books to, to help us launch. And, uh, and then when Ellen came on board, she started driving around Blacksburg, picking up boxes of books. <laughs> so it, it was um, just a, a, a dream for a really long time. And finally, um, finally it happened and it's been amazing. We know the shift has, you know, it was like you were saying, Amazon came along, the chain stores came along, e-readers came along, the pandemic came along, all of these things that were forecasted to be the demise of indie bookshops, but they've been on the rise. You know, if you look at the numbers, more are opening, more books are being sold. Um, Why do you think that is? Why do you think we're all sort of flocking back to the to the independent bookstore. You know, we, we hear it on a regular basis. Um, people love to hold books in their hands. They love the smell. They love the, the feel. Um, and, and those other things aren't going away. Amazon's not going anywhere and e-readers aren't going anywhere. You can read on your phone now. And I, I don't think we're opposed to any of that. Um, but there, there is just this desire for books. There's, there is nothing like an actual physical book, holding it in your hand and turning the pages. And there are enough people out there who feel that way that bookstores are doing okay. I also think that COVID had a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. People in towns like Blacksburg saw a lot of really beloved local places going out of business. And I think they're we feel it. There's a real refocusing on the local and supporting local businesses. Um, 
perhaps if you get a book from us rather than online, it could be a few dollars cheaper. Um, but you can think of that as a subsidy for keeping a community center, a literary hub in your town. And I think a lot of people really want to support us. Was it tough to open during the pandemic? Were you able to open your doors and welcome customers in right away? I know it was 2021, so we were still sort of in the thick of things, I guess. A lot of masks. We, yeah. <laughs> we tried to be very, very cautious. We um, wore masks. We had free masks for customers. We offered uh, shopping by private appointment. If you didn't want to come out when other people were in the store, we do. We have done some curbside pickup. So we tried to work in a way that um, made our store welcoming, but also feel safe for everybody. Did you have a lot of takers on the private appointment? I, I haven't done that myself, but it sounds like a cool VIP experience. We had a few. You know, I think that um, I think that maybe people were, you know, sometimes you want to browse anonymously. Mm-hmm. And I think people maybe people were afraid that we would, you know, pressure them or bother them while they were shopping. And really, it was just me sitting here answering emails while people looked around <laughs> the store. Um, but, yeah, we've had some people take us up on it. And it's nice. You know, like I said, we're always here anyway. So there's no reason that people can't be browsing all of our awesome stuff while we're here. Now, you mentioned Ellen earlier in the show the vision was to sort of become a community hub. Do you think that you're succeeding in that regard? I think we are, you know, it's sort of, we are getting approached more and more by local authors, but not only local authors by um, university professors that want to have their students get their books through us. Um, people that want to hold poetry readings here, departments that maybe want to celebrate all of their uh, uh, recently tenured professors here. We had someone rent us out for a bridal shower. So, (laughs) yeah, and it was fantastic. So I think the more we go along, people are seeing more and more possibilities to do with our space. We had actually, we had... um, One woman, she teaches piano to young children here in Blacksburg, and she came and brought a keyboard one Saturday and had a recital here while we were open. And that was it was just great. So we're getting there. Yeah, Those are some cool events. The bridal shower. That's that's a new one on me. Did did they was it a bookish sort of theme or it was set up? Yeah, they (laughs) they you know, they set up all their decorations and I think they had one sort of scavenger hunt activity where they found, uh, you know, find a book with a poem you loved as a child, or it was really neat. That's a really cool idea. You hit on something that I was going to ask you too, because Blacksburg is a college town. Virginia Tech is there. Um, I was wondering, you know, what kind of impact does that have on the business? It's, it's, there are pros and cons. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the university has its own bookstore. And we certainly don't want to step on any toes. Uh, That said, there are many professors, retired professors, emeritus professors that want to support local business. And so they get their books through us. And I think also because it's such a college town, we have a really well-educated community and customer base. 
So one of the places that we get our used books is through a trade-in system. You can bring in your used books and get credit for other used books in the store. And we get fantastic stuff in. We have a great philosophy section, a wonderful natural history section, lots of engineering, uh, because tech is very strong in engineering school. So the quality of books we get is really, really helped by the university being here. How many books do you think you carry at any given time? Do you know? Oh, my gosh. Lori, <laughs> do you have any idea? Um, if I had to guess, I'd say somewhere in the ballpark of seven to 8,000 books. I've always wondered. So your inventory, maybe with the exception of like local authors, is, is your inventory all used? Nope. We have, um, I'd say it's probably, let's say, 60% used, 40% new, um, maybe 70, 30. But yeah, we do have all the new releases. I always wonder too, and you know, various guests will have different answers of how they do it, but inventory tracking, for instance, especially with used books, do you have sort of a system for that? I've had guests who do everything by hand. I've had guests who don't really track their used inventory. They just have a running idea of how many books they have. Um, <laughs> we we certainly tried to get um, a system going. Before we opened, our idea was to individually enter every used book we had into our system. And that just became overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So now, because we're relatively small, because we have only a handful of employees who are all really, really interested in reading, we generally have a pretty good idea of what we've got and where to find it. But as for numbers, I don't think we keep an exact count. Now, here's a question for you. As far as I could tell when I was there, you were sort of the only indie bookshop in town. Was that was there one that predated you? Did Has, has Blacksburg been sort of a bookish town before you opened up? It has. And Lori, I know you heard a great deal about this when you were just playing with the idea of opening. Yeah, there was a um, a very, very well-known and loved used bookstore in Blacksburg for a long time uh, called Bookstrings and Things. And I can't tell you what year they went out of business, but um, there have been a couple others that have come and gone. and uh, But it's been a while and when word got out that that a used bookstore was coming to Blacksburg, people were just so excited about it. And and we hear pretty often that um, that a university town just has to have a bookstore, and there wasn't one in Blacksburg, and it was missing. And people really felt that. And so um, they were very very excited that we were coming to town, and they they've put their money where their mouths were and walked through the door and have supported us in an unbelievable way. We hear constantly that people are so happy that we're in town and they want to support the local and, and they really do it. I imagine you probably have a lot of regular customers by this point. We do. We do. We love our regulars. You talked a little bit earlier about some of the events that take place in the shop, you know, author signings and things like that. What about, you know, do you do things like book clubs or anything along those lines? Yeah, we have a fantastic book club. We um, every month we have three books we put up for a vote on social media. People vote for the winner of that month's book club. We meet at a local um, 
woman-run brewery that's across town from us, and they make space for us. We usually have between 25 and 40 people show up to our book club. Hmm. So it's a great group, and everyone just really seems to like each other. And the the main thing that I was so excited about with this book club, what I really wanted to happen was for people to just be able to show up by themselves, not necessarily know someone. And that's exactly what happens. I tell people just show up and you'll find people to talk to and, and people show up, find a table to sit down and just start talking about the book. It's a really good time. You said 25 to 40 people can come. We do, yeah. yeah. Now, when I think of book club, I think maybe seven or eight. (laughs) Is 40 people, is that hard to facilitate a discussion with that many people? It's not. um, I think a lot of people think small when they think of book clubs. And in fact, we had so many people coming up to us saying, I've been looking for a book club to join, but everything's full. And we thought we don't, want to exclude anyone who wants to participate. So we'll just let it get as big as it gets and see what happens. So we get a huge group together. Um, Usually I yell out at everybody a welcome and a few things to consider about the book. And then people just sort of naturally group into tables. And then at the end, we come back together and talk about any major concerns or themes that we want to voice. How do you determine, you know, okay, these are the books I want to put up for vote for book club pick this month. What's your criteria? Well, <laughs> the main criteria is that it's in paperback because we don't want to bankrupt anybody mm-hmm. uh, to join the book club. But we pick ones that um, we've heard a lot about or that are getting really great reviews, but people might not necessarily have heard of. We try to, you know, we have picked some big ones, like Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. We did Clara and the Sun. We did, um, but we try to pick maybe some smaller authors. We did a great um, book of short stories called um, Shit Cassandra Saw that I don't think was on a lot of people's radar, but it was one of our best book clubs. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. I'll put that on. Check it out. I'll put it on our show notes for the week. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Which that kind of leads me into another question that I always like to ask, and I know my listeners enjoy it too, is what are some of your favorite books to hand sell to customers looking for a recommendation or even what are some of your own favorite reads? Wow. Um, You know, it's funny because the book I'm most excited about is usually the last book I read. So (laughs) our, our favorite thing is customers who come in with just a few criteria and want a recommendation. You know, I like fantasy. I like magical realism. Um, We even have a a section on our website where if you need a recommendation, you can just type in a few facts about yourself. We get those emails and then we all sort of huddle together and get ideas and send back recommendations. Um, My favorites right now are probably um, the employees, which was... um, It's a sort of experimental sci-fi novel that's very weird, but very fun. And I I took a chance on an author I hadn't read before called um, uh, David Yoon. And he wrote a book called City of Orange that I found was, um, it's kind of post-apocalyptic, but kind of not. And it has a fun twist. So I like recommending that one to people. Lori, what about you? Do you have any favorite books you like to hand sell? <laughs> what I like to 
what I like to tell people is that there are two things that we hear the most of um, in terms of positive feedback about Blacksburg books. One is our social media, which Ellen is largely responsible for. And the other is our staff and how amazing they are. I am the worst employee we have because I'm not there very much. Um, and I, and I don't keep up with it as much as I want to, but our, our staff is just amazing at making recommendations, listening to, you know, who, who are you shopping for? Is it for yourself or for somebody else? And tell me what they're interested in. Tell me something about it. So, or about the person. And then they just zero in. And when I'm in the store and I hear that happening, it's, it's really fun to watch because you can kind of see the sparks fly. Now, when you're hiring staff members for a bookstore, do you perf- purposefully try to get people with varying tastes in books to sort of be your personnel? Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast, where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts, or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. We haven't... That hasn't been a goal, but it's worked out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and our staff may have various areas where they overlap in terms of literary tastes, but they all have specialties. Um, our assistant manager um, knows everything about botany. So she loves weird biological speculative fiction and she's the person to go to if you want anything about natural history. Um, we have another staff member that also loves speculative fiction, but she's more interested in YA fiction and particularly interested in maps and geography. So she's going to cover that whole area. We've just been very lucky, I think, that um, everyone has both a wide range of tastes, but certain niche specialties. So I feel like we've got a lot of areas covered. We also rely on our our best customers. Some of our regular customers, we see when they come in and order a book, we think, okay, let's put that on our list. That's going to be a good one. We know it. So we get a lot of suggestions from other people as well. You talked a little bit about your the website where where people can fill out some questions and and you sort of huddle together to form a recommendation. But tell me a little more about that because that's such a cool idea and such a way to give online users the sort of experience from an indie bookseller that they all sort of want, that that personal touch. Yeah, sure. Um, on our website at the top, there's just a section that says need a recommendation. And if you click there, it'll ask you to fill out, I think, your age, a couple of books that you've read that you like, and a few interesting facts about yourself, like hobbies or interests. And then that email comes straight to us. And I'm not kidding when I say when we get one of those emails, that is the highlight of our day. (laughs) So everybody comes around and we're like, okay, well, they liked um, 
100 years of solitude, but what if we take the magical realism in this book and everybody just shoots everywhere all over the store and comes back with a few books and we talk about it and then we respond, but it's so fun. Now, have you gotten responses back from recommendations and the the person's been like, oh, this is such a fantastic book. Thank you. We have. We um, have had some people just immediately come in and buy one or all of the books we've recommended. Or, you know, we've had people come or respond and say, oh, I was thinking about that one, but I wasn't sure. So I'm going to get it. Um, So, yeah, I think I like to think we're better than any algorithm. I would say so. Now, this is a question I'm going to throw out there, and I don't you might not know the answer, but we're at the end of the year. We're taping just ahead of Christmas. What's been what's been a couple of your best sellers this year? It's funny you ask, because we just put together a list <laughs> of our 12 best sellers. Um and I didn't preface this, listeners. <laughs> they didn't know I was gonna ask. <laughs> you know, we um we have a little bit of everything and we kind of pride ourselves on having some really nice literary fiction, all the Booker Prize winners, um, shortlisted for everything. But our number one bestseller by far has been The Field Guides to Stupid Birds of North America. Hmm. And it is a humorous field guide to birds with poorly drawn birds and uh <laughs> inaccurate descriptions of them, but somehow it's hilarious. And that has sold more than anything else. We all love it. Everyone who sees it loves it. So that's our best-selling book. But when we were putting together this list in our top 12, we had four books by local authors, which is fantastic. I mean, they're in our store anyway, they're outselling the big names. So that was really exciting to us because one of the things we want to do is be able to push forward some authors that live in the area and are amazing, but you wouldn't necessarily stumble across their work somewhere else. That's right. So how has your, your holiday season gone for you? It's been busy. It's been busy. (laughs) Yes. Uh, We were, yeah, I was a little concerned, gas prices, inflation, all of that, but I don't know. I think people always want books. And I think a lot of, people, if you're not sure what to get someone for a gift, you can get them a book. Everybody loves a good book, you know, and no matter what they're interested in or what their lexile level, you can find something that's perfect. So it's it's been good. So we're coming up on the new year. Is there anything exciting ahead for 2023? We're getting events on the calendar. Um, and Actually, for our next book club, instead of putting the books up for a vote, we're going to be doing a book called The Kudzu Queen by Mimi Herman, because she's coming to speak here in early February. So rather than holding our book club over at Moon Hollow Brewing, we're going to hold it here with the author. So we're kind of excited about that. That's going to be very fun. Uh, We'll probably also in the spring, we occasionally do adult book fairs. So we'll have another one of those coming up um, also at Moon Hollow Brewing. It's a good combination. We get local food trucks, local beers, fantastic books, and it's just a really good time. So it's like a spinoff of, you know, the school book fair that we all loved as kids. But Except for grown-ups, for grown-ups with beer. <laughs> that needs to be a whole nother episode, I'm sure. <laughs> what, do you get a lot of good response with that one? 
fantastic. Yes. I'll bet. Yeah, I'll very bet. enthusiastic response. <laughs> so the question I always like to end the show with is, is bringing up the concept of bookstores as magical places, which is a phrase I've heard over and over for years when I've been doing this. So as booksellers, what does that mean to you when people say that independent bookstores are magical places? I can tell you that for me, a a very big part of that is the experience that people have, and particularly in a used book store when they see something that reminds them of their childhood or of their grandfather or some some distant memory um, that they hadn't thought about for a long time and they see a book and it just it reignites this memory and and takes them back to a a special time in their life that they might not have thought of otherwise it is the most fascinating and really joyful thing that happens for me in that bookstore. When somebody, whether I'm there or not, I sometimes later have people tell me about experiences that that they have. Somebody just told me about one the other day where they saw a book they hadn't seen for a long time. And, um, you know, he took his kids in there and he was shopping for them and they were looking at books. And then he saw one that, that took him back to his childhood. And to me, that's magical. I think to go along with that, one of the things that we say when we say a space is magical is that it's filled with possibility. And I think that independent bookstores are filled with all sorts of possibility. Uh, Like Lori said, you could find something that reminds you of your childhood and take you on a journey 20 years into the past. Or um, you can find a new book on something that maybe it was something niggling at the back of your mind, something you wanted to know more about, or an idea that you'd like to see elaborated. And there it is. It's right there. You can you go on that journey with that book. I think that that's especially so in indie bookstores, because you're going to find things that you might not know about. I mean, if you go into a corporate bookstore or the book section at Target, you know what you're going to find. You're going to find the New York Times top 10 bestseller list. Here, you're going to find some weird stuff and it could take you places that you weren't expecting. And I think that's magical in itself. I agree. <laughs> so so you mentioned you have an active social media presence. Tell folks where they can find you, your web address, your social media handles. Our web address is uh, blacksburgbooks.com. On Instagram, we are blacksburg underscore books. And on Facebook, we're blacksburg books. And we have a Twitter, but we don't use it very much. So, <laughs> like a lot of people these days. <laughs> yeah, don't check us out there. <laughs> now, now, if I have listeners across the country, if can they come and fill out your uh, recommendation? thing and get a response. Do you ship your books? We can ship them. Yeah. We also, uh, we're happy to ship books, but we also have a storefront on bookshop.org, okay. which is the best way to support an indie bookstores to order that doesn't necessarily sell on their website, mm-hmm. um, order through bookshop.org. And that helps us, but yeah, anybody can fill out that recommendation form and we are more than happy to give suggestions. Nice. Well, Lori and Ellen, it's been great to talk to you all today, and I 
looking forward to coming back to pay you a visit. Please do. Thanks Thank so much. You. This has been great. Bookstore Explorer is produced and hosted by me, Matt Browning. Our theme music is Come Right Back to You by Max Hickson. You can follow all my bookstore explorations at bookstoreexplorer.com or on Instagram and Facebook at Bookstore Explorer. And follow us on Twitter at Bookstore EXPLR. Thanks for listening.